Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your snackable daily podcast where we talk about everything entertainment every day. Hi, I'm Laura Brodnick and I'm Mamma Mia's entertainment editor. And I'm Ki Reese. I work at Mamma Mia's social media agency called Social Squad and it's our third Watch Club episode and we are doing Stan's brand new series, Normal People, which I just cannot gush, stop gushing over because it's amazing. Exactly. So as many people would know, it's based on the 2018 book of the same name by Sally Rooney, which was just a phenomenon at the time that it came out. It was one of those books that kind of made its way into Instagram culture. Like, you know, everyone took photos of it and um, it like was on the top of all the bestseller lists. It was long listed for the Booker Prize. And so there was a lot of anticipation when the TV series adaption finally dropped on stand this week. And just a warning before we jump in is that there are going to be massive spoilers for both normal people of the book and the TV series. So just be aware before you jump in. So I think a lot of the magic of this TV show is in what isn't said. It's like the visual emotion, the sexual chemistry and the sexual tension, which is due obviously to the brilliant writing of the book, but also down to the casting of the characters, Paul Mezcal as Connell and Daisy Edgar Jones as Marianne. Considering how high the stakes were, it's pretty perfect casting. Exactly. But I don't think it was an easy road to finding these two. And especially because so much was hitched on finding the right people to bring these characters to life. And so interestingly, enough this is actually Paul Mescal's very first TV role and his big kind of first professional job so he's 24 years old he's the son of a police officer and a school teacher from County Kildare in Ireland just keep that in your head while you're watching Um, he was in a Dublin theatre production when he heard that normal people was being cast and he said that he just all of a sudden had this really visceral kind of urge to play that character because he had read the book and he said he felt like all the men in his life in a sense were Connell so he's a very smart young lad and then on the flip side of that um, Daisy Edgar Jones is at only 21 she's actually like a veteran of TV so she's been like War of the Worlds and other TV shows and probably best known for her role in Cold Feet and how she found out that they were auditioning for the part of Marianne that they were bringing normal people to life is that she overheard an actress friend of hers Um, auditioning for the part, like talking about her audition while they were sitting at the kitchen table together. And when she overheard her friend talking about it, she thought to herself, that sounds really good. I loved that book. So she went and auditioned and got the role, which is very nice. But I just wonder what that friend is thinking right now, seeing this all play out on screen. I doubt they are friends. That is the bloody (laughs) role of a lifetime. I think, honestly, the casting Paul Mezcal as Connell and he obviously is a great actor, but I think him being so green as, as his first professional gig really worked, like kind of played into that character of Connell because mm. it just kind of was the same kind of character in a way. 
Yeah, Does exactly. That make sense? Yeah, I get what you mean because you're wanting him to. He is meant to be for the like the second half of the series, more so the fish out of water, um, because he's in this like big city and university world that he wasn't kind of brought up to be a part of and felt like he didn't have any place in. So I definitely see that there. In what you're saying, then I I did really that was one of the big standouts for me was was how the likability changed. So obviously when they're uh, back in Seigel, is it Seigel? That's where they Sligo. In their home. Sligo. Sligo. Oh <laughs> yeah, they're in Sligo. I know because I've been there. Lovely place. Very cold <gasps> and dark. <Stop> yeah. <laughs> Moody, just like the show. Exactly. Um, it's obviously he's very likable during high school because he plays it's, this bloody taught me so much. That's the original form of what we now call AFL in Australia. Is that what you, that's what you took away sport. from that? <laughs> well, I just, it was giving me a lot of history lessons here. I was loving it. But like how he was so likable at school. And, and although he didn't find it easy, it was a lot easier. And she obviously really struggled. But then the flip side of it was when they went off to university, how that likability changed. And she really found her footing where he mm. became quite shaky. Exactly. And also talking that idea of likability of these characters, here's a question for for you because something that's really interesting that has come out of um, everyone watching the series this, this week is that there's a lot of conversation, like I've heard it from people in the office, friends of mine, but also on forums and Twitter and, it, and even in some professional reviews, that the likability around the actual character of Connell is very split, which I think is really interesting that some people are just like what? really... No, 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 no. What? I know you love him and you're in love with him and all those sort of things, but the wider kind of reaction to his character has been quite split, I found, because some people find him, as you do, like really likable and and like a really intriguing character and really see him as like the leading man in a love story, whereas on the flip side of that, a lot of people find him um, really like aggravating to watch and that he kind of treats Marianne badly and that he's not a relatable character and that basically what? he just comes off as like a, like a reviewer said and a friend of mine actually said the other day and I hadn't thought about it that he kind of just makes you think that all guys at the end of the day are jerks and I just think it's really interesting that this time around that is crazy. <laughs> I just think it's interesting this time around it's the male character who is the polarizing one because normally in these kind of pairings it's the likability of the female character that is the one that's debated and people can't seem to warm to her or not but I find it's interesting that he's the one who split people down the middle well we're used to to watching difficult I'm doing air quotes yeah. here women but not so much men but that's why I really like his character because he is imperfect and I think that's what it is I don't want to be sold this like idea of this perfect guy because I'm sorry even the most perfect guy in the world still has faults and I think that he for all all of his faults were he was a bad communicator at the end of it and he was suffering, you know, in his own way. So can those people not ruin this? Okay. <laughs> he is a great character and I think a lot of people will um well the people who don't not like him, but I think a lot of people will see like I saw a lot of people that I dated in that. I saw myself in him as well, interestingly. So I think he's great. I actually don't think that and this is because at the end of the day, like normal people is a teenage love story or a young adult love story. Um, to some effect, even though like we've kind of elevated what we're taught, the kind of conversation we're having around it. But I think we're so used to having a young adult love story have a redeeming leading male character and you're supposed to want to date him. And I know a lot of people are very much in love with him. There's a whole like on internet fan base for his silver necklace that he wears throughout the oh, I'm aware. movie. You're I'm aware. Very you, aware. Did you found that? 
fan group, I would say. I have been looking at memes all morning and done my social stalks for the day. Um, and But, I, yeah, I just think it's interesting that this time around we're not as drawn to him. Um, interestingly is, yeah. enough, though, the author, Sally Rooney, actually wrote, I think it was the first six episodes, and they were also really um, – clear about having half the film be um, half the crew on the on the filming sets always be female and have a female director for half the episodes that were done and I think that really comes across when you can kind of see the the way it's shot and the way they kind of show the story through Marianne's eyes so maybe that's why she's come off as more likable it's interesting that she came off as more likable I I, I didn't think she wasn't likable but I wouldn't say that she was more any more likable than he was. So I'm really this is blowing my mind here. All right, here we go. Um, and and obviously there's also a lot of talk around how it would because adapting a best-selling book like that with likable characters to a TV or film adaption, it usually doesn't come off very well. And usually that's because the plot and the storyline, the characters are so intricately down the page that they can't transform to the small screen. But I actually thought in this case, the fact that they took just like little moments, like a like a um, a throwaway sentence here or an idea there and, and kind of blew them out to more bigger scenes actually worked in favour of telling the story. Even though I know you and I were coming at this from different ways because I had probably very much like the people who were listening, I had read the book and you hadn't, so we're a bit split there, but we still took away a lot of the same themes from the show. Yeah, I found it really interesting just the lack of dialogue and 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 I wonder how that would have been written as well. Like I'm really, really excited to see the book because I've heard that there are those instances. Like you really feel like you're a fly on the wall when you're watching them. And and at times I felt like a little bit uncomfortable. It wasn't even the sex scenes that making me uncomfortable. It was the fact that I felt like I was intruding on someone's very kind of intense um, moments together. See, and I guess that's how the feel. book was yeah. written as well, right? Yeah, that's what you're meant to feel. And that's the conversation I had a lot of people because I read the book when it came out and even though there was so much hype around it, a lot of my friends or people I um, talked to about it felt it was very alienating because it's written in such a way that there is no, there's not a lot of description about like, there's not a lot of world building, I would guess. There's not a lot of description about what's happening or where you are. It's a very blank canvas. And also there's not really dialogue per se. It's more just like a tr- like a trickle of thoughts, sometimes coming from Marion, sometimes coming from Connell, and sometimes almost feeling like a third party. And when you're reading it, it's not a very reader-friendly book, I would say, even though I, everyone who reads it usually like smashes through it in a day because it does make you feel like you're not quite supposed to be there. And I feel like the way that that translated to the TV show is that a lot of the scenes are very like fragmented, like they'll move the camera mm. away. They'll move the camera yes. away before the person's finished speaking or they'll kind of half say something and you'll wait for something to fill it in, like an inner dialogue or something like that, but there's nothing. And it's almost like you're because it's almost like these two characters are remembering this story. And so you're walking through fragments of Connell and Marianne's memories. And so you're getting a little bit of what they each remember, but we're never actually getting the full story. Yes, 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 yes. That's so interesting. I think one that just pops into my mind is that he's making her a cup of tea. She's got a period in, in she's gone down to make him a cup of tea. And they showed the whole process of him making a t- cup of tea, you know, like, and I was thinking, oh, something really bad's going to happen. But it didn't. He just went upstairs and gave her the tea. And I'm like, those are the moments that it just heightens your senses because you really feel, I don't know, you feel like you're really looking into the the mundane things are just as important as the bigger things that are happening. Exactly. 
And I think we have to talk about what's been probably the biggest talking point from this series and why a lot of people have flocked to watch the show on stand in the first place is the really strong romantic element between Connell and Marianne and, of course, the sex scenes. <gasps> Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> Let's talk about Connell and Mary. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was so into this. Not the time for a rhyme, but okay. <laughs> All right. What it isn't the you- time for a run, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, I think it was brilliant. I think, I think obviously they, they showed, they touched on consent, obviously when they're first having sex, but also the awkwardness of sex, I thought. Like, and obviously they got more in tune as the story goes on, but like the first time they're having sex and when they're really kind of figuring each other out, you know, it, showing them doing it in like their childhood bed or experimenting and like hearing of, I don't know, I thought it was a really, like a really relatable way to show sex and the amount of choreography that must have gone into those sex scenes because I know that they had an intimacy coach. I read um, an interview that he did on the cut and just speaking about and, and now this is obviously a very common practice in, in Hollywood that we've, we've talked about before, but just really going through how they choreographed every single sex scene and how they flow so naturally, obviously is, is credit towards their chemistry, but also just that choreography was so spot on. Yeah. So the intimacy coordinator they had on set is Ita O'Brien, who's probably the top, um, intimacy coordinator in Hollywood at the moment because she did Watchmen, but she also did sex education, which I think is very much the gold, the, yeah, right? The gold standard yes. for how we see sex scenes, especially between young people depicted on TV. I have to say, like, I, I agree to your point in a certain way in terms of especially that first sex scene where they are in his bedroom as teenagers and um and she's losing her virginity and they have there's been a lot of talk about how awkward it was because she can't really quite get a top off and then she kind of looks a bit sheepish and I did quite like that bit and I also liked the bit how they're about to have sex on the bed and he has to get up and find the condom and it takes a little while to find it and a little while to put it on and there's an awkward moment of like do we talk right now or do I just let you handle that and I'll just wait and and stuff. So that felt quite realistic because normally that would traditionally always be the scene in a movie or TV show where the camera would pan away and then you come back after they'd had sex yes. and not sort of see it through. So I thought that was good. I still feel like it felt very Hollywood and very stylized. <gasps> and really? Yeah, I do. I don't think it was awkward. It wasn't awkward sex. Like if you think about awkward sex, it's like it's not like you know what I mean because they're both almost in ecstasy straight away and there's not there's a little bit of um conversation about like is like the consent stuff was great when he was saying to her like tell me if you need me to stop is this okay is this okay like that was really good to see but it didn't seem awkward it still seems like they had a pretty great she had a pretty great sexual experience her first time around and there was no like awkward conversation about like changing position or no awkward sounds and like no no sense of pain and I know everyone's first time is different but for me it's still felt like a Hollywood rendition of what sex looks like for the first time. Uh, I thought there was a bit of pain there. And to be fair, I don't know how many different positions you're trying when you're first having sex <laughs> yeah. at that age. But I think what well maybe maybe I can understand that. But I also think that how they portrayed her sex scenes with other characters down yeah. the track. So specifically Jamie and just how like bored she was. And then to a certain extent, Lucas, when she's like I mean, and I know that's playing into the BDSM kind of vibe that they were getting into, but there's, I don't know, as a female, I could relate. I was just like, I'm doing this, but I'm not that into it. Like, (laughs) I liked that I saw that because you don't see that. 
you know, you don't see, you see men being like that kind of emotionally cut off on screen, but I don't, don't think you see women like that to that extent. I thought it was interesting how they used the sex scenes, not just to show that Marianne and Connell were in a world of their own when it came to their intimate moments. Like I think that those sex scenes really punctuated their romance. And so when they were in public together, when they were having those moments like making the tea or just sitting on the couch and not looking at each other, you could still feel the romance because you had that those sex scenes in your mind to draw on. But I also felt the way that both of their sex scenes changed, either with each other or with different people throughout the series, which I know is what happens as you have, you know, as you get more used to sex and you are with different partners. But I felt for them, they became little like almost signposts of where they were in their own lives. Like at first, you know, they were like quite shy together and then they were more open um, the more they had sex. And then when you see them with their other partners, you see that Marianne is becoming a bit more like a bit more sure of herself like with Jamie but also a bit more disinterested like she's like very much like I don't need to please him I don't care what anyone thinks of me but I also don't have a relationship with him whereas you saw Connell kind of falling more into his mental health issues and needing someone in his life and that's why he was more like that you could see that through his um, sex scene with Helen and then with the BDSM stuff with Lucas towards the end the fact that you could see her emotional scars that were coming through that she'd buried while she was with Connell then coming out now the fact that you know her father used to abuse her which was touched on much more in the book I have to say I don't think that came across as well in this series that her father abused her and her mother was cruel to her and her brother abused her and she was an outsider at school and all of that coming into that one sex scene where he kind of leaves her on the mat and after they've had sex and that blank look in her face. Yeah, I would have liked them to ex- to touch more on the abuse from her father because it was so light and I feel- felt like you we needed a little bit more to be able to like, I mean, we obviously believe her and, and were sympathetic to her, but I would have liked to get a mm. bit more of an idea about that. Only through our conversations did I really understand the extent of it. Here's another question for you that I feel is another kind of sticking point with the show is it's been praised a lot for its nudity, which I'm on board with for, I'm both for and against. I'm for in the sense that I felt the nudity was quite equal, which normally wouldn't be the case in TV shows or movies. Normally you'd see much more of the woman and the camera would, the kind of gaze would be on her a lot more. But I felt in this case, they were both equal, like they were both given equal nude scenes. So it didn't seem voyeuristic in either way. And I also really liked the scene where um, Marianne was taking the photos of herself and you got a full shot of her body and she actually had pubic hair, which is not something that you ever see on screen. And I felt was quite, a really nice realistic portrayal that some women do look like that and it's not something to be like fetishized. It was just like a quick moment and it was there. The flip side of that, however, though, is because there was quite a bit of nudity and I just sometimes felt like it was very unnecessary. I'm not a prude at all and I understand that sometimes it's needed, but I just wondered if it was there to kind of make, because it is a very serious, intricate storyline and it does have a lot of down moments and I just wonder if the nudity was there to make it seem more racy. Thoughts? (sighs) I was into the nudity. I think it was great that you saw his willy along with her boobs. I thought that that was nice. Like, I think you don't often see that. And I was also quite shocked and I realised, like, I'm a bit of a prude sometimes when it comes to it. Like, I think I'm really, like, woke, but then at sometimes I'm like, oh, get a little bit of a fright. Um, But no, I don't think it was unnecessary. I think that, I don't know, I watch a lot of foreign films. So, like, the nudity thing, I feel like, 
it isn't it doesn't ever strike me as that I don't know maybe maybe yeah. not it, I mean it didn't strike me as like um like I wasn't weirded out by anything like that and I knew it was a, a, essentially about a story about two very broken conflicted people who find themselves through their sexual connection and that's what helps them form their the entire connection that they have so I knew that like that was a big part of it but I just felt in some cases I don't know and maybe it's the way we're all conditioned like to kind where? of think. like when they're just sitting on the floor like naked after having sex and like they're having this big conversation and it wasn't kind of linked to a sex scene but it was more just like that that was a, a way to I just wondered if that was a way to make a very small intimate conversation that might not have struck a chord if they were sitting dressed downstairs with tea to make them naked so I mean maybe it was to give the scene more intimate but I just felt it was to make it a bit more striking and a bit more kind of racy so that you were more drawn to watching because you were you are so many people are watching this for the sex scenes and that's not something I feel like people were reading people weren't reading the book for the sex I don't think but people are watching the tv show for the sex well the other big topic that they covered quite extensively in it and and had a lot to do with the storyline was mental health so not only of Marianne but really I think more so Connell in this case and showing kind of the intricacies of that and how that develops and and different things that can happen that can kind of bring that to the surface. Yeah, and I think the mental health aspect of normal people is something they got very right because I think you can tell straight away when a show has hit the mark with it or they've missed. So you've got shows like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend or This Is Us that are really great at depicting mental health and um, like suicidal thoughts and all that sort of stuff. Then you've got shows like 13 Reasons Why, which completely miss the mark and glorify what bad mental health can look like. And I think with Connell, the fact that you can kind of start to see that they're sowing the seeds of his um, anxiety and depression in the first half of this series from just the way he and this is such like an amazing performance by Paul Mascal just the way he kind of interacts in like bigger social settings or how he looks and he's alone and his nervousness and and I liked the way they captured how depression can manifest a, like through a loss of energy and just completely shutting down and it can happen when you have a change in your life and that's what we see with him through the death of his friend but also just being in college just how a different environment can trigger bad mental health yeah and I think and and touching on that on the fact of that of always feeling a little bit different and searching for different things or different opportunities or experiences that might make you feel alive or that you kind of belong and that that isn't always a clear path you know just by moving cities and trying something new it it, you know you have such high hopes and then that doesn't happen I just and it was great I thought that they showed his friend Niall suggesting that he go and seek some um, mental health help and just that whole interaction of of him really speaking and opening up to his therapist and and really getting to the nitty-gritty of like where it all kind of stems from and it made so much sense I think that that is coming from a small town I think that that not me personally but him that kind of storyline seems really relatable and understandable oh speaking of Niall he was my favorite I would watch a Niall spin-off by the way wait <laughs> big question Niall or Joanna though because Joanna was low-key my favorite oh I liked her too she plays a much bigger part in the book okay I would go for a Niall and Joanna spin-off hopefully that'll be next but I, I also think one of the reasons that the his portrayal of mental health and also Marianne's to an extent carried such a big weight is it feels like we talk about mental health and pop culture so much now but it's still such a rare thing to actually seen on TV to the point where I was trying to look up some stats on it and um, a 2019 study from the University of California found that less than 1% of TV characters are 
portrayed as experiencing any form of mood disorder like depression like less than one percent isn't that wild and now we've got like one of the biggest tv shows of the year having it as a kind of a topic that's at the forefront which is so interesting okay before we wrap we must quickly talk about the ending because that is the last thing that has definitely polarized people so i was really worried because i knew that the ending i i didn't know exactly what happened but i knew that that it was quite divisive the ending you either loved it or you hated it but I thought it was really great I know the ending is a little bit ambiguous but I liked it because it still made sense and it wasn't I don't know it it leaves room for the imagination but not so much for the imagination I don't know what did you think I think, I mean, I did like that it stuck very close to the book, which kind of just finishes where he says, like, she says, like, I'll always be here. And he says, okay. And then they kind of just, you assume that he's going to go, definitely go to New York and that she's going to stay there. They do make that fact a lot clearer in the TV show. Um, I th- I think that people are split into two camps. Some people are wanting to start a support group because they're so um, like emotionally broken by the end of normal people. And some people just think it was the most perfect kind of way to tighten up the story. I think if you're invested in normal people as a love story, then you'd be very heartbroken because it was not the ending of a love story. I think if you were invested in normal people as more of just a story of how people change from children to adults and how upbringing and mental health can affect you and how one person has the power to like change a few years of your life, therefore changing your entire life, then you really like the ending. Because I think in those, and like it was such a perfect ending with the two of them sitting on the floor, facing different ways. It was almost like a one shot, which I wonder if they just did a one shot like that so they could have the camera on them and not be intrusive and shoot it many times. Like I wouldn't be surprised to know, think if it was like a one take or something like that, just to get that perfect Mm. to get that one perfect emotional moment once but I thought when Marianne says like you go and I'll stay look at that and it was like they they actually did it like it was actually I don't think it was ambiguous at all I think it was such a closing chapter of these two people's stories that they couldn't exist apart and then they couldn't really exist together but now they can exist in this in these two different worlds and for them for two people that were broken and always just wanted to be normal it was probably the closest to a happy ending they were ever going to get yeah and I think that the normalcy that they were craving that they were actually getting like she just realized she just wanted to stick it out back in her hometown and just you know give it a red hot crack and just be normal and be content with being normal and he's like I'm gonna go and chase my dreams I've got that confidence in myself I loved it I was not disappointed and I hate an ending usually like that but I think they did it so well. Well, I think though, even though we've had a few gripes with it and a few different um, different points of view, I would say that I'm calling it early that Normal People is one of the best shows of 2020. <gasps> love that for us. <laughs> well, we've been talking now for a long time. We'd love to know what you think about the show. Did you love the ending? Did you love the sex scenes? Tell us what you think. You can email us at thespill at mamamia.com.au. The Spill is produced by Hannah Bowman. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Na 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 na